I know for a fact that some of you have never stood right here where I am and done a, uh, a special for church. I happen to know that for a fact. Yeah. I've never seen Christine Riley up here. Mm-mm. No, Miss Marie Thornhill? Uh, I don't know. No. Mm-mm. Some of you are praising the Lord. Uh, I'm going to let you get in on a special today. I need you to get your red hymnal and turn it to page 61. Y'all know my emotions, and they're even greater today. So I'm going to do the verses, and you're going to help me on the course, okay? All right, here we go. My soul inside exile was out on life's sea, so burdened with sin and distress, till I heard a sweet voice saying, make me your choice, and I entered the heaven of
Y'all did great. Christine and Miss Marie. All right, at this time we're going to do our, our song of worship. Um, I talked to Caleb and he said he's done this song before. Uh, it's not one that we've done recently, but if you know it, please join in and sing along, okay?
thank you for your grace, Lord. We thank you that you are mighty to save. Where would we be without you, Father? Thank you, Father, for this beautiful morning, Lord, that you've brought us here to worship together, Father. We pray all these things in your Son's name. Amen. If you believe he's mighty to save, say amen. This morning, if you will, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Just about a year ago, I was preaching through Ephesians on a couple Sunday nights that we had together. But today I want to take it it from a new angle and, and talk about growth. Brother Michael's been talking about words to live by. And whenever he started that series, I immediately I thought of growth. Growth is a word that we need to live by. And you say, Trey, where do you get that from? What are you talking about? Think about anything in this world that is living. It grows. You think about trees and they they get wider. They get taller. You think about plants. They grow bigger. You think about uh, some animals and the more and more they grow or the more and more they age, they grow. Even you have not stopped growing. Scientists have told us that there is four things about you that never stop growing. Your hair, your nails, your nose, and your ears. Some of you were thinking, Trey, I thought we were supposed to have a message of hope today. <laughs> but those four things, they never stop growing. And uh, forgive us all. <laughs> uh, we, we pick at the... Emory get-togethers about the Emory ears, and, and unfortunately, I have them. Uh, they're huge, I mean, and if they keep growing, I can't even imagine. Um, but anyway, those four things never stop growing, and my thought on this is if everything in this world continues to grow as long as it lives, why shouldn't the church be like that? Why shouldn't the church continue to grow? If we are alive in Christ, if we are, uh, you know, the, the Spirit's here, it's leading us to do things, we should grow. And so the, this thought of words to live by, I think growth should be right in the center of that. I think we should grow as a church. But let me, let me preface this by saying uh, there's, there's a few ways to grow that you're probably not thinking about. See, most of you are sitting here and you're thinking about, well, we physically grow. We, we grow in numbers and stuff like that. But there's other ways to grow. And this church needs every aspect of that in it. And, and so we're going to go through this. And if you will, just stand with me this morning as we read Ephesians 4, starting in verse 11. Paul writes, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come into the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man. Unto the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men. And cunning cracked craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him all in all things 
which is the head, even Christ. Verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Let's bow. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for allowing us to come out this morning and study a portion of your word, dear Lord. Dear Lord, thank you so much for for allowing us as a church to grow here in these last few months in the ways that we have. But dear Lord, help us to grow into you. All things as the scripture states. Dear Lord, thank you so much for these this morning that have come out to hear a portion of your word. Dear Lord, help me as I deliver that to them. Lord, may we all take something from this message this morning that we can apply to our lives. In your name I pray. Amen. You know, Christ gave uh, these men in verse 11 some apostles, some prophets, some teachers, some evangelists, and, and some pastors. You know, I got to thinking about that. He gave those. Why? For the growth of the church. Why why did he give those for the growth of the church? It's a simple answer because what does he say in verse 12? For the perfecting or maturing of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That word edifying means built up. Built up. That's growth. And and you say, well, that's not growth in numbers. I know that. We'll talk about that towards the end of the sermon. But Christ gave these men... These apostles, and you think, Trey, there's no apostles, there's no prophets around today. Why, why are you saying they were given to help us grow? Because I want to tell you this morning, apostles and prophets pin these words through Spirit of God. They pin these words. And if you're saying that the Bible cannot transform you and help you grow as a Christian, you're far off. Because this is where we grow. This is our source. This is how we understand who God is. This is how we understand how we're supposed to live as Christians and and mimicking and resembling Christ Himself through these pages. First thing I want to talk about this morning, and, and the first way we grow is we grow in Christ. If you look at verse 12, it says, "...for the perfecting of the saints." Then you skip down to verse 14 and 15. I want you to see this. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, but by the slate of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking in truth, speaking the truth in love, may grow up into Him all things, which is the head even Christ. We're supposed to grow in Christ. Perfecting, I've already said, means maturing. As Christians, we should want to know more about Christ. We should want to mature. By the very definition of Christian, which means Christ-like, it demands that we grow. It demands that we know about Christ. How can we be Christ-like if we don't know who Christ is? There's some maturing there. There's some growth that has to happen for us to become Christ-like. You know, when I was first saved, even today, I tell you, I'm far from being like Christ. I've got a lot of imperfections. I've got a lot of mistakes in my life. I'm far from being like Christ. 
But as verse 14 and 15 tells us, we are to grow up into Christ. All things. Babes in Christ or or children in Christ is what Paul says here in Ephesians. They have a very small foundation. That's why Paul describes them as being tossed about with every wind of doctrine. We need to get to growing on the inside before the growth on the outside ever happens. You see, a plant, as you plant that seed, it grows before you ever see it. It has to take root. It takes to, has to take hold in the ground because if it just sprung up, it would fall over. And we are much the same as Christians. We must grow into Christ, grow into the knowledge of what this Bible teaches before we can ever show it outwardly. Because if we just show it outwardly, we'll stumble at every false doctrine that comes our way. We have to be ingrained in His Word. But without those roots, uh, the wind just pushes a tree over. As a plant needs the stability of being connected to those roots, so we need the safety of being connected to Christ. You see, there's something... If you'll turn with me to 1 Corinthians 3 and, and, and verses 1 and 2. I love this passage of Scripture because it, it tells us a little bit more about those children in Christ. Or as Paul calls them in 1 Corinthians, babes in Christ. Uh, he tells them in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as to carnal even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. Paul tells these people at uh, Corinth, he says, there's something that I want to tell you, there's some things that I want to tell you, but they're too spiritual for you because you're just a babe in Christ. You don't have the foundation that you need. I can't tell it to you. And I'm of the opinion today that there's a lot of Christians in this world that God's got some work that He wants them to do, but they can't do it because they're not focused on Him. They can't do it because they don't have the foundation to do it. But Christ calls us to grow so that we can one day be the most effective person for God that we can be. How do we grow? 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. It says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word, that ye may grow thereby. Now, break this apart. It's not saying babes desire milk. That's not what it's saying. It says, As newborn babes And then it turns the finger and it points at us and it says, You desire the sincere milk of the Word. You know what we need today? We need Christians that desire God's Word. We need Christians that look at it and they say, I want to live this. I don't want to just study it out. I want to live by what this book says. That's how we will grow How uh, better to learn than looking and studying the Word of God, the truths of Scripture, 
are the truth of Christ. They're one and the same. And when we want to be true Christians and be like Christ, we've got to learn the truth of Christ. Second Timothy, probably a verse that you you all are familiar with. But in Second uh, Timothy, chapter three and verse 16 and 17, it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be, what? Perfect. That's that word again that we know is mature. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You see, Paul says it here that these men, these apostles, these prophets, these preachers, evangelists, and teachers were given for the perfecting of the saints. But then over in 1 Timothy he says... You've got to know the Word of God. See, what these men were doing was either preaching, writing, or teaching the Word of God. That's who they were and that's what they did. And we need to take from that and say, I've got to know the Word of God to grow. We used to sing a song in Bible school. And it said, read your Bible And what happens when you do that? You'll grow, grow, grow. I'm telling you, as Christians, we need to be in our Bible. We need to be in a tight communication with God. Praying and reading our Bible. Praying and reading our Bible. We get what God wants us to know from the Bible. And we tell God what we need Him to know through prayer. Let me tell you, that, that's the form of communication with God. And we to be like Christ... We've got to have communication. Ephesians 4, 21-25 speaks a little more of this growth. You see, not only do we need to study our Bible, but we need to put on the new man. What he talks about here, starting in verse 21, it says, If so be that ye have heard Him and have been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus... That you put off concerning the former conversations, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Maybe there's somebody here this morning... You need to shed a little bit so you can grow. You know, this past summer, we had a visitor in our home. Laura had a lizard that was a class pet. And, and any of you that know a little bit about reptiles know that they will shed their old skin so they can grow. And they'll shed that skin and grow and shed it and grow and shed it and grow. Even though their growth may be very minute, that's what they're doing. And one time, I guess the moisture in the house wasn't completely right. And that, that lizard had his front leg. And that skin was attached to it and it wouldn't come off. And the lizard, for, until we got that skin off, became lame. He would just stubble on that arm. And I think there's a lot of Christians here today, they're just like that lizard. 
They've got a weakness. They've got something they need to shed. They need to get rid of so that they can grow. You see, that maybe it's a bad habit. Maybe it's lying. Maybe it's uh, using words that you shouldn't use. But some of us need to shed those things so that we can grow personally. You see, do I expect you, does God expect you to be sinless? That's not what I'm saying. Everybody's going to struggle with sin, but becoming like Christ is something to strive for. And absolutely, it's something worth striving for here in this life. A few ways that we can do that is Christ was humble. And we can be humble too. We can say, I'll take the back seat. I'll take, I'll take whatever because I know this is for the ministry of Christ. We can be honest. Paul here, he speaks about lying. We can be honest to our neighbors. We don't have to lie to cover something up. We can be honest as long as we do it in love. We have to be able to forgive and love one another, as Brother Michael preached a few weeks ago. We can be patient. You say, well, where's an example of that in the Bible? I don't have to go to the Bible to think about that one. Because let me tell you, this boy... God was patient with. He called me to the ministry, and I remember it. I was in my senior year, and I went over here to Brother Michael's house, and uh, I was talking to him, and he said, let me tell you, Trey, go go to college, do what, do what you want to do. If God's calling you, He won't let you be happy there. And God was patient with me. He allowed me to go to college and do that one thing, one year, by the way, I didn't graduate. But anyway, he allowed me to do that. But the reason I didn't graduate is because I was unhappy. God was being patient with me and he was calling me and he'll do the same for you. You think, well, I've done too much. I've done too much wrong for God to use me. I've done too much for God to save me. No, he's patiently waiting on you. One of the last things we can do to be like Christ is to be holy as He is holy. Christ calls us to holiness, and I'm a long shot from it. And so are many of you. But He calls us to that, and it's something worth striving for. But also, not only do we grow in Christ, but we can grow in unity. Paul says here in Ephesians 4 and verse 13, he says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You know, a, a lot of times friendships are built on common interests. Uh, what I mean by that is m- maybe you have a friend and that friend, they like football. So every time you get together, that's what you talk about. You talk about football. And that's your common interest. And your friendship is kind of based around your love for football. Or maybe you have a friend who loves hunting or fishing or shopping or anything, really. And, and that friendship is based on that. And, and whenever you go out, you hunt together, you fish together, you shop together. Whatever you do, that friendship is based on that. Just imagine for a moment 
that this church had a common interest that they could unite around. Wouldn't that be great? We do. We can unite around the fact that Jesus Christ died, He was buried, and He rose again three days later. And that's something of great interest to me. We can unite around that fact and say, Jesus loved the world, so we will love each other. I love that. See, as we grow closer to one another, it's a triangle effect. I want you to see this. As... Church member A and church member B, as they begin to go to Christ and and they get closer and closer to Christ, that's us growing in Christ. They may have started out far away from each other down here, but the closer and closer they get to Christ, their proximity to one another is a lot closer. And as this church, as we grow up into Christ all things, the result of that is we should be unified in Christ. And that's that's a great help because, you know, when we're uniformed uh, or unified in Christ, we can begin to function and work better and better. As we strive to be more like Christ, we can help. We can't help but find unity with one another. If you will, another passage that I, I thought really emphasized this is over in John 13 and verse 35. It says, by this, by this very thing, shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Jesus tells the disciples here, if you're going to follow after me, if you're going to go towards Christ, you're going to love one another. And when we love one another, when we, when we look humbly at one another and say, your way over my way, it, it doesn't matter because it's Christ's way. We can be unified. As you look at Ephesians 4 and skip down to verse 32, it says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. How can people be united in loving one another? Because Christ loved you. God loved you so much that He sent His Son to die for you so that you could have a relationship with Him. And when we have a relationship with Christ, we should have a relationship with believers because it just happens. When we love Christ with all our heart, we will begin to love the others around us, loving Christ. As we grow in Christ, inevitably, we grow in unity. As we grow in unity as a church, as the whole, we become a better representative of who Christ is. Why is unity important? You see, in Mark, the principle is taught that a kingdom or a house that is divided cannot stand. And let me tell you, Jesus Christ in this church is something worth standing for. We need to stand tall 
in the fact that Jesus died for our sins and He's willing to forgive whoever calls on His name. If we are the body of Christ here on this earth, we need to be able to stand. You see, in this world, there's a lot of things that are going wrong. There's a lot of immoral decisions that are being made each and every day. The body of Christ, this church, needs to stand. Not only do we grow in Christ, grow in unity, but we grow as a body. If you will, look at verse 12, and then we're going to skip down to verse 16. It says, For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Then in verse 16 it says, From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual work in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. If you go in and there's synonyms in the English so it only makes sense, but the word increase there in verse 16 literally comes from the same word, growth. We want to see the body grow. We have to be united. We have to be built up in Christ. And you say, well, Trey, that, you're kind of taking that out of context. That's not talking about going from 200 members to 250 members. I know that. But you see, as the body unites... And as we get to working together, every joint, every uh, muscle, every, as we become the body of Christ here on this earth, we should see results. As the body is built up or edified, that means that we become what Christ wants us to be. We can build each other up in, in the teaching of Christ. When someone new comes in and, and, and sees that, hey, this is the body of Christ, then that's when the numbers start to happen. Because people want to be a part of that. They want to be a part of, uh, of what Christ is doing here in Hamburg. When someone, uh, we become an assembly gathered together that represents Him better and better. And when we can represent Christ better, physical growth is possible. A direct, direct result of Christ's followers focusing on Christ, representing Christ, lifting Him up in the world that we live in is physical growth. Our church is supposed to be representing Christ here on this earth. With that being said, I think we have some growing to do. I think we've got some growing to do. We've got to grow in Him more. We've got to grow in unity more. And when we do that, we can edify each other. The other day I saw this church's mission statement. I thought, man, that is awesome. The church's mission statement was, we will equip the saints... And make new ones. That's pretty good. 
We will equip the saints. We will build up each other. We will give you what you need to go out into this world and make a difference. And along that, while doing that, we will bring people closer to Christ. We will make new saints. I want to tell you this morning, as much as I love seeing numbers for Awana, as much as I love seeing numbers here in this crowd this morning, there's got to be some other growths going on before that ever happens. As our song leader comes this morning for a hymn of invitation, I want to ask you, are you growing? You say, well, Trey, I don't even know how to grow. Let me tell you, first of all, just like I told these kids, you've got to be connected to the source of life before you can grow. And that's Jesus Christ. But after you're saved, you're not just supposed to sit around. You're not supposed to stay where you are in that moment. Christ calls us to grow. To grow in Him, to grow in unity. To build up our church.